Hi, quick note before we start. This podcast is serialized, so if you're just joining in here, you should go back and start at episode one of season two. Support for today's show comes from Bombas. Bombas offers premium, thoughtfully crafted socks, which I can tell you are the most comfortable socks I've ever worn. See what a big difference this little article of clothing can make. Go to bombas.com slash first to get 20% off your first order. You'll love your Bombas socks or your money back guaranteed. Hello, how may I help you? Uh, hi, it's Tally. I'm here to see Lucy. Okay, sure. I'm in. I'm being led into a transition house near the border of Ontario and Quebec in Canada. There's a little video camera where staff can see me, and then they unlock the door. These types of places used to be called halfway houses, but transition house sounds more optimistic. Yes, so I need to send you in. I didn't yeah. get your last name. Yeah, uh, A-B-E-C-A-S-S. When I enter through the lobby, there are just a few mismatched chairs and a ratty Christmas wreath hanging on the wall, even though Christmas was weeks ago. It smells like coffee and old furniture, as if impermanence had an odor. Some windows have floral curtains, and there are little laminated posters with inspirational sayings spread around. Management are clearly trying to make things look warm and homey, but they also don't want anything so nice that someone would want to steal it. Every time I go, there's a different woman standing at the front door with a wheelie suitcase, waiting. This is where Lucy has been living since coming out of prison for accidentally killing her husband, a crime she has zero memory of committing. The first time I visit, Lucy brings me to her room. I asked her for a tour, which is a bit like asking for a tour of a shoebox. It's all right there. It's a rectangle with a single bed and a dresser. We have a little private sink so you can brush your teeth and... I guess I was expecting that you'd have some more personal stuff. No, I don't. Well, the only personal stuff I have is, whoop, they fell. See, I was cleaning my lamp, and I only have two old pictures of my daughter and my grandson. And I also have a picture of Jerry and I. So that's the only um, thing, because it's not really, I don't know, it's not really home, so... I'm Talia Bacassis, and this is First Day Back a podcast about trying to get your life back after an event that changes you. Lucy spent five years in prison for manslaughter. And while there, she did a lot of work on herself. She's completed programs for anger management, trauma, and alcoholism. The parole board gave her an early release based on her motivation and their assessment that her risk of reoffending was low. One of the conditions they imposed on her was to live at this transition house. Whenever I meet up with Lucy at the house, 
She's always walking around with one of those plastic travel mugs full of coffee and a lanyard with jingling keys. She looks like your coworker at the office. And in a sense, she is at work. Only the work she's doing is on herself. Lucy's life is, as her new digs suggest, very much in transition. She has one foot in the correctional system and the other in the regular world. Lucy wants to live a normal life again. But coming out of prison, that's really challenging and scary. And it's where a lot of people in Lucy's shoes fail. If she can't follow the rules of the house or starts drinking again, she'll get sent back to jail. Lucy has to contend with her life in this in-between space, her new rations of freedom, and how closely she'll be monitored. The weight of it started on the day she was released from prison. Her family picked her up to bring her to the transition house, and her PO, that's her parole officer, had given her a set time to arrive. I find it was stressful because you have got so many hours to get to point A to point B. On the way there, she realized she had to go to the bathroom, but she was afraid to stop. After working so hard to get out of prison, she didn't want to mess anything up. She was worried that one mistake could send her back. Because when you leave, they tell you, don't stop anywhere. You're not supposed to stop anywhere. So I was stressed, so I called my PO and asked her. I said, are we allowed to stop somewhere? I have to go to the washroom. She started laughing. She said, yes, you can. As soon as she arrived, she was told she was allowed to go out, but only for four hours at a time. So I called my dad right away. Come and pick me up. I'm allowed to go out. <laughs> so he came and picked me up, and I spent, that was my daily uh, little routine. Each time she left, Lucy had to sign in and out on a register and list the addresses of where she was going, so the transition house staff always knew her whereabouts. Every four hours, I had to come and sign in. So we tried to uh, do it twice a day, like I would leave and then come back, sign in, and then go back for supper and then come back after supper. As long as she lives at the transition house, she always has to check in and out. All of her visitors have to be approved by her parole officer. Most of the time, they do a background check to see if she's with anyone considered risky. Lucy also has to submit to random urine screenings, like most of the other residents. I was surprised to hear that after being an alcoholic, she doesn't find it hard to stay sober. Um, I'm not trying to resist because I have no, no intention of drinking. I have no, um, like, people can drink around me. I don't mind it. Even in the restaurant, uh, people drink around me, and I don't really mind. I eat. A lot of people, usually alcoholics, have a hard time even being around it. Yeah, I know. I don't. I'm so determined, and it doesn't even bother me. Lucy is not allowed to go to any bar. That's a condition of her parole. But that wasn't the way Lucy drank. Lucy drank at home. She and Jerry always had a case of beer in the fridge and would plow through it usually together. She doesn't have a car, so her world is limited to the places she can take a bus or walk. Her only other option is to ask her family for lifts, but most of them live too far for it to be convenient. When she wants to bring her grandson to the house for a visit, she walks almost three miles to go get him, and they walk back together. It can take an hour and a half each way. So Lucy has more freedom than she did in prison, but there are still all these restrictions. And she's had to get used to the people. It's not easy to put a group of adult women into a shared living space. Often, when I visit, I'll wait for Lucy in the kitchen. 
And almost always, a resident will come in and start complaining about another resident stealing her coffee or her bread, or that someone didn't put the pots and pans away nicely. Imagine everything you know about office fridge politics, but with a group of women who just started owning food again and don't have a lot of it. Lucy has been keeping an eye on her milk ration. Oh, milk report. Milk report. Well, uh, no milk has disappeared. Uh, Everything's been uh, okay in my fridge. Lucy is creative with these kinds of problems. Can you uh, describe the method that you have for theft prevention? I put a, a bag of empty cereal on top of my milk. So it's not the only jug of milk in the fridge. So it's easier to just, okay, never mind that one. I'll go for another one. You see, you're full of life hacks. Okay, well, I call myself a MacGyver. Yeah. So but I'm a good MacGyver. Yeah, so, okay, so I'm telling you, the new expression is life hack. Oh, okay, I'm a life hack. Lucy is friendly with the other residents of the house, but in many ways, she's an outsider. Um, Okay, so she's not a typical client at all, so a lot of, majority of our clients have an extensive um, history of criminal behavior, and I believe this was her first offense, so you don't see that very often. This is April, the manager of the transition house. Um, and then there's also a lot of criminal behavior within their families or the, the friends that they associate with. And you don't see that with Lucy at all either. Just like the outside world, in the criminal justice system, the women tend to click up with people they relate to. So in the transition house, like in jail, Lucy hangs out with other women whose lives were pretty law-abiding before. People who had a job, who would work, pay tax... Your way of life on the outside will be the same way of life in the inside. Uh, If on the outside you were a a drug dealer or a drug addict, whatever, well, in the inside, you're going to do the same thing as you were doing on the outside. Initially, when other residents meet Lucy, they aren't sure what to make of her. They think I'm here for fraud. They look at me. They put a judgment. Why am I here? They think, you know, so they think fraud, maybe. Because I don't, oh. probably I don't look like a drug addict, so that's out of the question. But even in jail, when there's a new girl, you want to know what why she's in. Like the, you seem like the profile of a person who's in for like a white collar crime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess so. For part of her stay in jail, one of Lucy's close friends was a dentist in for tax evasion. They would connect on mundane things like playing board games. Uh, you like to play Scrabble? Okay, let's go play Scrabble. Let's play a game of Scrabble, you know? Well, um, if you were a drug addict on the street doing drugs and doing this, uh, I don't think you'll like to play a game of Scrabble. So she hangs out with the Scrabble players, even though her crime was worse than most of theirs. And that gets to maybe the hardest part for Lucy. How does she tell the other residents about her crime? The fact that she shot her husband as he sat at the computer, that she was so drunk that she can't answer any questions about how it happened, that's not easy to say to anyone. It's no wonder she doesn't mind being mistaken for a thief or embezzler. Before, um, like when I was in jail and people would, you know, question it or whatever, I would just say, it's a hunting accident. You know, I would just finish. The question was asked, hunting accident, that was it. I wouldn't 
you know, elaborate or, and when I would feel comfortable, I would, you know, talk about it. Easier. Yeah, it was easier. It is easier for me to say, you know. So people say, okay, you know, it's a hunting accident. She was in the woods. She saw something moving, you know, but it's really not what happened. It's more than, you know. If you don't totally remember what happened, no. so that's... But it's just that you tell people a hunting accident, so they're going to say, oh, okay. You know? I know what that is. Yeah. First Day Back is sponsored this week by Audible. Do you love books but find you never have time to read them? With Audible, get audiobooks and listen to them on the go. Their app is free and works on iPhones, iPad, Android, and Windows phones. You can also download and listen on your Kindle Fire and over 500 MP3 players. With Audible, you own your books, so you can access your books anytime and anywhere right from your smartphone. A title First Day Back listeners might like is The Girl on the Train. It feels totally different to hear the story instead of reading it, and I highly recommend it. I walk everywhere, and it's great to have a long book to entertain me. So turn your walk into the biggest adventure of the day. You can't make more time, but you can make the most of it. Turn your walk into something more with a free trial at Audible. Go to audible.com first to start now. Thanks again to Audible for sponsoring the show. This episode is also sponsored by Blue Apron. Not all ingredients are created equal. Fresh, high-quality ingredients make a real difference, so it's important to know where your food comes from. For less than $10 a meal, Blue Apron delivers delicious, quality food courtesy of over 150 local farms, fisheries, and ranchers across the U.S. right to your door. With Blue Apron's freshness guarantee, you can be sure that every ingredient in your delivery will arrive ready to cook or they'll make it right. Some of the meals available in April include parmesan-crusted chicken with creamy fettuccine and roasted broccoli, baby broccoli and fontina paninis with hard-boiled egg and arugula salad. Yum. Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com first. You'll love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron. So don't wait. That's blueapron.com first. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Thanks, Blue Apron. Yes, you're here to sign up, Lucy. Yeah. Over time, the restrictions of the transition house start to ease up. Where are you going? My daughter. Lucy can sign out for up to eight hours at a time. The eighth. The eighth. And And she's catching up on everything she missed while in prison. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Okay. Bye. Bye. Have a nice day. You too. Thanks. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. One day she asked me earnestly, have you heard of this thing, Angry Birds? She didn't know about binge watching and has started on Game of Thrones with her daughter. Now they're just as obsessed as everyone else. I think the dragons will be the savior. They're probably going to get killed while saving them. You guys need a Game of Thrones club. <laughs> There's probably some already. Yeah. <laughs> you need to join some and smartphones were not a thing when she got sent away. 
I bought myself a phone. And I got home. I was all excited. Then my phone rang, and I tried to answer my phone. I couldn't answer my phone. I'm there. Oh, what the hell is going on with this phone? I'm you can't answer my phone. And there was this young girl, and and so she said, "No, you have to tap and swipe." And you didn't know how to do. That. I didn't know. Now that Lucy can be out of the house for a long stretch of time, she can start looking for a job. Lucy used to work a lot. She even said that she and Jerry were workaholics. She doesn't like not having a place to go every day. She needs that to get a sense of regular life back. The government gives her a stipend of $70 a week to pay for basic expenses. That won't be enough if she wants to eventually move into her own apartment. Because Lucy used to work in a commercial printing press, naturally, that's where she starts looking. She sees an ad for a job at a printing company and gets called in for an interview. Initially, the guy who interviews her is impressed with her experience and her references. I wasn't afraid to give my reference because, you know, I never miss work. I was always there on time. And um, when I talked to him about my where I work, my reference, he knew all my bosses. So my boss know what happened. Everybody knew us. You know, everybody knew. So I knew, I said, oh, my God, I hope he's not going to judge me. Um, But I guess he did and never called me. Lucy may have moved past prison, but it's becoming clear. Her crime is going to follow her. I just realized that I can't go back in that field because if I keep on looking, I will, you know, they're probably going to judge me too, so... Uh, so I just figured I'm going to change my uh, my work. Uh, I can do anything if I put my mind to it. You know, I'm a, I can learn, and so I'm open to anything. Lucy has a good attitude, but that'll only go so far. She's a woman in her 50s with a criminal record. There just aren't that many opportunities for her. Eventually, a relative is able to get her a job at a Canadian Tire, which is like a cross between a Home Depot and a Walmart. The job is restocking items from the warehouse. Not the greatest job in the world, but she's fine with it. For the first time in years, she's working, getting out in the world every day, doing something productive with her time. Life is starting to feel normal. Then, one afternoon on the job, She's sent to the warehouse to get a Roomba, one of those robot vacuum cleaners. At the Canadian Tire, expensive items are kept in locked cages. But I couldn't find the vacuum, and I looked at the shelf number. I was in the wrong cage. I went in the other cage. And um, when I opened the lock and I went into the cage, I saw all these rifles. Rifles just like the one she shot Jerry with. Stepping into that cage, with all those guns, was like suddenly stepping into her past. So many memories that came back to me, and seeing those guns, I was so uncomfortable, and I started crying, you know, I didn't want to sob. So I said, okay, Lucy, like, 
you know, get a hold of yourself there. And what am I doing here? Is this a job for me? And I started questioning myself and going back to Jerry. And I closed the cage and I said, that's it. I'm going home. I couldn't handle it. I just didn't like it. I didn't like it. So you quit? I quit, yeah. With every move toward independence, Lucia snapped back to the reality of her life now. Uh, right now, it's like I'm in. It's like the, I'm in the middle of a big, big circle, and I don't know where to go. I want to work. I can't find work. Like let's say I walk to the left, I'm still in the middle of the circle. I don't go anywhere. It's like I, I'm stand stand still, you know. And if I go backward. And I stop, I'm still in the middle of the circle. I walk forward, I'm st- and I stop, I'm still in the middle of the circle. You know, I want to do something, I want to work, but then what am I going to do? Um, so I go back to the middle of the circle. It's like my life is not going anywhere right now. When she was in prison, things were so bleak that Lucy could only imagine that life would be better when she got out. She thought she would feel like herself again. When I was inside, maybe I thought coming out would have been the way it used to be. But when I came out, the reality hit and Jerry wasn't there. And um, I find it was really hard. As stuck as Lucy feels, she's not giving up. If she can't walk out of her circle, maybe she can drive. Are you excited? Yeah. What's your first car in how long? Um, five years. When Lucy was sent to jail, her house and everything she owned was sold to pay for her legal fees. She has a bit of money still and has decided to buy a car. For the plates and everything? Yeah, yeah, that's that's all. I got your ownership over here. Oh, nice. It's a tiny compact, the only thing she could afford. She joked that she had no game for negotiating. Do the safety check. Everything is done for um, for the Ontario safety check, too. Okay. Your plate is on. And I try to find you and give you the receipt for that. Okay. The guy goes to get some paperwork. And when he comes back, he asks me off mic why I'm recording. I wasn't ready for the question. I'm not going to tell him Lucy was in prison, and she killed her husband, and she doesn't remember doing it. So what am I going to say instead? It's okay. I just, I'm doing a thing with Lucy, and I'm following her around all day. Okay, it's all right. I'm Marco. (laughs) Marco doesn't know Lucy's story. Why would he? She's just a nice older lady he's selling a car to. It's not like he's going to check her references. Come on. It's freeing for Lucy this little moment of normal life. The attention can be on other people. Karaoke, that's him. You know that, your car salesman is a karaoke showman. (laughs) Soft rock, karaoke. (laughs) Marco has his own backstory, but it's a lot easier to talk about. Marco, you're a karaoke superstar? Yeah, I play some uh, 
uh, Pink Floyd, Supertram, CCR, Santana, some classic rock. Sometimes I say, but not every song, but a couple of songs I sing, um, I never know what, I do. <laughs> what I'm saying. Yes, yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh. Getting the car means Lucy doesn't have to depend on other people for rides. She can look farther afield for a job. It's a concrete step towards getting out of that circle. And it feels good. And he uh, jacked my seat up, eh? <laughs> Very high. Yeah, I'm too high. Oh, just lock the doors. Wow! Brand new car! First day! After just a few months, Lucy is able to spend less time at the transition house. The restrictions on her aren't as tight. She's allowed to be out from morning till night. She's been given permission to sleep out on weekends, though only at family members' houses that have been approved by her PO. She's cleared six months of random urinalysis, so they've stopped testing her for alcohol. These are serious wins for Lucy. Many other women coming out of prison don't do so well. She's taken the first steps towards having a life outside of the transition house. And for the most part, she's been able to do it on her own. But dealing with the emotional fallout of what she did is going to be much harder to do by herself. Will anybody from her old life still be there for her? Next time, on First Day Back. When you see people for the first time, sometimes you get nervous. Really nervous, yes, because I don't know what are they going to say. Are they going to start judging me or calling me names? Like, I don't know. I think of you as being on Lucy Island. Oh, yeah. I am. <laughs> I am on Lucy Island. I feel my life was, uh, you know, it's with Jerry. First Day Back is produced by Mark George and me, Tally Abacassis. The show is scored and mixed by David Herman. Our executive producer is Dave Shaw. Season 2 of First Day Back is produced in collaboration with EW Scripps and Stitcher. Special thanks to The Herd, Bird Pinkerton, Robin Ginley-Myers, and Ellen Weiss. You can find First Day Back on all the great podcast apps, including Stitcher. If you listen on iTunes, please take a moment to rate and review the show. It helps other people find First Day Back. For more information, visit our website at firstdaybackpodcast.com. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Support for today's show comes from Bombas. Bombas offers premium, thoughtfully crafted socks, which customers overwhelmingly claim are the most comfortable socks they've ever worn. Go to bombas.com slash first to get 20% off your first order. You'll love your Bombas socks or you'll get your money back, guaranteed. Stitcher.